Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 108, Altai here, joined once again by the one, the only, uh, Omer. There he is. And here we are, a lot of good stuff to talk about, and obviously the biggest news this week is the launch of Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. We got other goodies, too, and we're going to start off with the weekly raid, as usual. So the, take it away. The weekly raid, boys. All right, while I don't play Final Fantasy XIV, uh, I know Omer does, and I, I obviously followed the launch. Being as uh, I do host this podcast here, co-host, and once again, unexpectedly, unexpectedly, there were server issues on launch. This has become basically a rite of passage for MMORPG players. I mean, as far back as, you know, time goes with MMORPGs, you've had this issue with launch, okay? And, you know, Stormblood was no exception. Uh, there's a few funny stories I heard. Uh, but I guess, you know, you experienced it, you lived through it, so I want to hear your take first. Right. Uh, first of all, obviously, as my brother said, there's every MMORPG launch has issues, whether it's a launch or an expansion launch. If it's a big game, you can have a lot of people coming back to play the game, and you can have the obvious queue issues. But perhaps the biggest issue with uh, the Stormblood launch was a pretty annoying little bug. Not maybe not a bug, but what happens is... Um, as soon as the main story quest begins for Stormblood, which is all the new content, you know, from 60 to 70, there's a main story quest that takes you up to uh, Rabon, one of the characters of the game, you need to talk to him. And when you talk to him, uh, when you talk to certain NPCs for story quests, it kind of instances, you know, instances you out to a specific zone and you're doing a story quest by yourself. You know, you kind of disappear from the main world, the game sets up an instance for you, and you, you, you proceed with your story quest. And the problem is when all these players are trying to complete that same quest, the server couldn't generate enough instances to accommodate the players. So what, what happened was it just led to like a thousand players mashing this NPC to get into the story quest. And it led to frequent disconnects and people just trying to get past this one story quest because this was almost a gatekeeper for the main story quest in the game. You can't skip the story. You have to do this quest to get to the next story quest. So this led to a pretty, I guess, uh, you know, stressful time for people that took off work and they wanted to play and make progress because for the first three days of early access, it was literally unplayable. And actually, if you take a look at these pictures um, on MMOs.com, you can see players try to um, try to fix this issue by forming lines, which is pretty funny because, <laughs> come on, this is this, this is the internet. You know, you're not going to be able to solve this rationally. So if you scroll down those pictures, I think it's pretty hilarious that people did try fixing it. Oh, wow. Means. Isn't that kind of cute, though? <laughs> you know, I love this story because my interesting tidbit was also not just with NPCs, but with, with instance areas in general there were mm -hmm. there was basically a queue for instance content because the, like you said the server could not generate enough instances and i found mm -hmm. that amazing because to me the whole purpose of instances in the first place was to kind of help with the server load right mm -hmm. uh you know one of the problems games like everquest had with their dungeons i mean not problems but issues is you know you'd have areas that were heavily camped um so you mm -hmm. wanted to make sure everybody could enjoy the dungeon content uh, without you know an overcrowding issue so the whole point of instancing was to prevent overcrowding but in a in a paradoxical way it actually was the main issue with overcrowding in this game uh mm -hmm. where the server i mean these players were all logged into the server so the, the, the server could clearly handle them it's just the instancing mechanic could not keep up which is which i think is hilarious and what made the whole situation more stressful was the fact that frequent disconnects were a thing. It was called the dreaded 90k error. You, just, you know, as you're loading somewhere, you scream to go black, and it would say error 90,003 on the bottom right. 
and you get disconnected. You know, disconnect's no big deal, but the problem is when you're when you're in a giant queue to get into the game, there's like a three thousand person queue to get in, it'll take you at least an hour to get in. Uh, sometimes it took two, three, four hours on the busiest servers at peak times. Uh, luckily, you unfortunately you still have those queues, which I say unfortunately, but honestly, it's a good thing. It tells you that the game isn't dead, you know, the game is still thriving. So honestly, the fact that there are queues, I think, is ultimately a good thing. And it's really, you know, I always want to say the fact that we had all these issues at launch, uh, people saying it was unplayable, you know, the disconnects made it troublesome. The fact that we have that we, we went through these problems, it's almost like a rite of passage again. Like, if we didn't have these problems, I feel like it wouldn't be a proper MRPG launch. I feel like there's something, something's amiss, you know, maybe no one's playing, maybe there's no way everything goes right. You know, the fact that things did go awry made me... It was, it was kind of pleasant that it went awry because it didn't bother me too much because I would, I would just queue and do something else or I would disconnect and kind of rage about it in my free company chat, like in Discord. But it really didn't really ruin the game for me. But I do know that people took off time uh, from work, for example, like the first week off to play Stormblood to make progress. And unfortunately for those people, they got no progress done on any of the main story quests for the first three days. Though so there is one of, one of my friends in the free company. Uh, she actually ended up waiting 15 hours on that, on the trying to get past that quest with Robon, mashing right click and trying to get to the instance. And after 15 hours of literally not logging off, not sleeping, just doing this, right? They were actually able to get through. Oh. So I guess the termination paid off, but obviously it was actually fixed recently. So you didn't have to do, you know, you, you know, I guess the hardcore players got through and everyone else can go through it now. So progress is obviously being made on that. The only real issues right now is queue times and the disconnect issue still happens, although. A little bit more rarely. I'm going to be the Debbie Downer, okay? Hmm. I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you on the whole it's good that this happened issue because it shows like a virility in population. Mm -hmm. Look, while I am, I have fond memories of crappy server launches, right? And I, I, mm -hmm. and I do think it's a good experience for gamers to go through. It builds camaraderie, especially if you do it with friends. Like imagine all of you took off work together, right? And you're all mm -hmm. kind of, you're all kind of struggling together. One guy makes it past the next, you know, zone and you guys are all trying to catch up, but you know, you can't cause you're getting disconnected. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fun. It's an experience. But that said, it's 2017. This is not inevitable. Okay. I played the early access launch for Morrowind ESO. Okay. Zero hiccups. Now, you could argue uh, it's got a lower player base, which I don't know if that's true, but even if it is, remember, it's got one mega server per region, North America and one for Europe, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's no way that, let's say, let's take the North American server, okay? There's no way that one North American server has less players than one of the servers. No, you're right. Okay. So I think the problem is Final Fantasy XIV is using very outdated technology for its server infrastructure. Uh, compared to games like ESO with, with mega servers and even even BDO. BDO is one of those games that people constantly complain about server issues on, on like Reddit and stuff. But even after the Steam launch, I played after the Steam launch, yes, there was lag, there was stutter, but it did handle the entire load without, you know, like with with, with some lag, yes. Like you couldn't PvP maybe, uh or you couldn't PvP well, but it worked. Mm -hmm. it, it took the whole load, okay? It took the whole load right on the server face without a problem. Okay? <laughs> Well, did so, it swallow the load though? It, it couldn't swallow. It couldn't, it couldn't go all the okay. way. It, it, it couldn't quite get there. It stuttered. It's, it it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But so this is not inevitable. What I'm starting to say, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the maybe perhaps the console backing of it. The inter inter. Uh... Always blaming the console, aren't you? Yes, I'm gonna blame the console. But in my favorite piece of Final Fantasy news this week, besides the expansion launch, they did discontinue PS3 support. So I'm. <laughs> 
Now, all I gotta do is disconnect PS4 support, and I, and I can try the game. Not gonna happen for a while. <laughs> a lot of people do play the game on PS4 still. Okay. But, I mean, oh, I, I do want to say, I don't want, I don't mean to give them a free pass, right? Obviously, it's a frustrating issue, and it is annoying that this still happens in 2017, where we have, you know, games like BDO, which I, I think the BDO launch was, was superb, actually. Not the Steam launch, but the, the actual launch on the official website. They said they had, like, a crazy number of concurrent players like, at launch, and it ran really smoothly. We all played on launch day, and, it, you know, we didn't have any big issues with the game. So seeing a, a subscription game, right, because people have a higher expectation for paid games and subscription games, especially games from mega billion-dollar companies like Square Enix. And I don't mean to give them a pass, but we've, we've seen this issue with, like, World of Warcraft as well. Though Legion has been superb, right? But prior to Legion, pretty much all the other expansions have been, you know, a, a clusterfuck for the first day. So even if WoW can't figure it out with, uh, well, they, they kind of did figure it out with Legion. Yeah, but it took them a long time to figure it out. That's true. And they have more resources than uh than, than Square Enix, or like a five times bigger company, from like seven times actually. I mean, remember, WoW is supposed to be supporting a game launched in two thousand and four. That's that's older than the PS three. Mm -hmm. so, I'm sure that a lot of decisions were made with the WoW backend that you can't really change now, you know, and they're kind of mm -hmm. having to ad hoc it, and they're doing a pretty good job. Beyond beyond the the server launch woes, I, I you know, if you have any cool stories to share about launch woes, do share them on the weekly raid and more launch day woes uh, post on mos.com. It'd be fun to read some of those. I know Arcade had an awful launch as well, and I'm sure plenty of games had pretty crazy uh, ex expansion launches and game launches. But beyond the actual negatives. I'm actually enjoying uh, Stormblood quite a bit. I, I am still behind on content. My Black Mage is level 61. My I, I made a red. I'm I'm also leveling up Red Mage now. He's level 55. And Red Mage is one of the two new classes in the game. You have Samurai and Red Mage, and the level cap is in race to 70. Obviously, so there's a lot more grind in the game for all the character classes. But I've been playing quite a bit of the new class, and it's it's really fun actually. I think the class design for Red Mage it kind of just has you more involved. It's not super complicated, but it, for some reason it kind of gets you engaged as you're casting. Because you can do it like lazily and get like it's one of those things where if you like put ten percent of the effort, you'll get ninety percent of the results, right? And a lot of people probably play that way. But the, if you put in the effort, you can get the extra ten percent damage. You can differentiate yourself from the other scrubs, you know. And it, it's kind of fun the way the mechanics work and your rotation works. It just kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit, keeps you kind of focused and pressing buttons. Whereas you know the skill cap varies quite a bit by class. But I thought Red Mage is a pretty fun class so far. Some of my friends who are playing Samurai are enjoying it as well. And uh, overall, you know, you have the, the higher level cap, the new zones, uh, new mounts, new content. It's all a lot of fun stuff to enjoy. And I do recommend if you never played the game, give it a try with the free trial. I think it's you have nothing to lose. It's free to play to level 35. I have about 24 days in-game played already. I'm taking things quite a bit slow, though. My I'm, I'm making progress on Heavensward, the second expansion. So I'm, I'm about halfway done with uh, the second expansion right now. So I'm not even quite at the Stormblood content yet, but I can still play the new Stormblood classes. So that's still pretty good. And you can still level past the initial... Yes. Yes, So, course. So the game must have a ton of story quests because if you're already leveling past um, like the level cap that was initially in the game. There's a lot of side quests. There's really unimaginable number of side quests in Final Fantasy XIV. I would say more so than literally any other MMORPG I've played. You go, you go to a new area, and it's like you just see all these question marks for all these side quests. And I think the reason they have all the side quests is because they want you to be able to quest to level your alt classes as well. And because you can have all those alt classes on one character, they kind of want to have a lot of quests that so you can just kind of quest your way to high level with all the characters. Mm -hmm. Plus, you have the daily roulettes. You got the, the uh, you know, you can do the daily dungeon runs, the daily trials, the PvP. You get rewards for doing all that stuff too. So I was actually able to do some of that. 
And I do want to say like one small thing for people that don't know about Final Fantasy. It has a really neat system called Palace of the Dead. Essentially, it's a dungeon you can play with. You know, you can queue up for. You can just kind of get like four people to do it. And the way it works is you can you, you can play any class there, any of the classes you want. And essentially, you start at level one, and the dungeon itself has its own uh, separate leveling system. So within like ten minutes, right? You actually like you, within like twenty minutes of playing that, you'll get to level sixty, level seventy, right? You can get, you can get to max level just doing the Palace of the Dead. But that's only for while you're in that instance. And the purpose of that, of course, is to kind of you know, before you commit to playing a class, you might not like it, right? You can actually play through Palace of the Dead, get your character, you know, and try to see what the class is all about before committing to it. And it's actually I think, a really good system for letting players try out new classes because I, I didn't know it would like Red Mage. I, I tried it in Palace of the Dead, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I, I did that without committing too hard on grind. And you actually start at level 60 as well with that class if you start at a higher level in the Palace, which you can do. So I think it's actually a really neat little system. And they, they did that really well. It's not a new system, but it's been around for a while. But it's something I feel like a lot of MMORPGs could do. Some kind of system to let you try out all the classes in an environment that's not like a sandbox where you can just like hit dummies, you know? You, you can actually kill enemies, make progress. It's like, it lets you do this dungeon with any character class you want and just level your way through it. And I think it's a really good system. Nice. Yeah. Well, maybe... One last thing I want to say. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll pay the $110 for the level and... and uh quest skip story yeah <laughs> and give it a shot i'm enjoying the heaven source story a lot there's one thing i want to show you and i think you might agree with me there's one character in the game there's no spoilers here don't worry uh called alphanod he's uh, he's a main character and i hated i absolutely hated the way he looked in a realm reborn the, the base game and i'm just just take a look at him i looked at you on the chat okay podcast chat First of all, he's he's showing skin like beneath his elbows. It looks looks weird and anime. -y. He's got he shows skin on his like uh like beneath his waist, like on his leg wait, pants. Wait, wait. Is this a he? It's a he. No way. Okay. And look at his shoes. He's got like I don't even know what those are. are. Those roller skates? Are they like jump boots down there? I hated this guy's character. Okay. Well, actually, one is one is his sister. One is his sister. They have the same outfit though. Anyway, uh, it looks the jump boots showing the skin. It makes no sense. I really hated the way it looked personally. It just every time I saw this character speaking, for some reason, it bothered me. Obviously, it's a it's a fantasy game. He's not you know he's not human, so it doesn't really you know it's whatever, right? But I just I hated the character and the costume design. And uh, they did change his appearance on the on Heaven Sword, the second expansion. And he looks like this. And look, you can say he still looks kind of you know Baka, whatever. But I think he looks much better. They got rid of the bullshit shoes. They got rid of the bullshit cuts he's got going. On his legs and his body, he's way more tolerable. He's less of a fuckboy now than he was before. All right. You know, you know, uh, seeing this kind of reminded me why I never got into Final Fantasy fourteen. Hmm. It's just something about the design choices in, in the like the latter Final Fantasy, like the latter half of the Final Fantasy series, that just bugs me. I don't know. Like it's just not. It just I can't relate to these characters. Um, I don't know. It just. Like it's not it's not an Asian thing because like you know BDO and stuff have pretty like serious looking uh, NPCs you know like, it's just a Japanese thing honestly. <laughs> you can't complain about that when you love Final Fantasy IX and a character like Steiner. Come on, he's the ultimate no. like sissy looking weird ass yes, design character. Final Fantasy IX though was like Disney man. It was like Pixar. It's supposed to be goofy. Like it's it, like the whole game is like cartoony. It's not like it's not like you have a serious like story going on with like this character sitting at the table. You know. 
it's worth mentioning the story. Uh, the characters are getting more serious. The story is getting more serious as the story progresses. And I do think the change to his design makes him look more serious. He looks very like odd, like, you know, with the white background. It looks kind of weird, but he look, it looks way more serious now. I think the base game is a little sillier. It gets way more serious. And I think if you did play through the story, you'd like it a lot. There's a very uh, like mature themes, you know, you know, like Game of Thrones level shit going on, like political intrigue, and it's, it's done pretty well. A lot of it is done really well. The only problem with the story is that it's kind of dragged out. It's an MMORPG. They gotta fit as much content as they can, you know. So maybe a really good story that would be like like ten hours, fifteen hours. Like it becomes like thirty, forty, fifty hours because in between all the cool shit or like go kill ten monsters over there, do this bullshit, you know. But I think you should. You, you, I still. I'm gonna convince you to play Final Fantasy fourteen. I think. I think if you commit to it, you'll like it a lot. We should do a deal. You you play ESO for like ten hours, and I play FF fourteen for ten hours. Yeah, we could do that. I probably I feel like I already played ESO for at least ten hours, but I can do another ten hours. Oh, the Morrowind, all right. Yeah, that's Morrowind, fair. all right. That, that, might, that might be a fun trade. All right. All oh right. yeah. Sounds uh, good. Oh yeah, Stormblood guys, check it out. It's free. It's, you have to free to play till level thirty-five. Uh, all, all you know, all the Stormblood launch issues will still be fixed. But yeah, if you guys have any fun stories for Stormblood too, again, share that on the post on uh, most.com. I mean, not just Final Fantasy 14. If you guys yeah. have any interesting, like, you know, launch day woes, do leave a comment there, guys, on the weekly raid. I'll post it again. And, I know uh, you had a disaster in uh, Diablo 3. Yeah, I think I've shared that story before, but quick, you know, to run through it. You know, I was hyped for Diablo 3 with a whole bunch of friends. We all, we basically camped uh, the launch day, the launch, you know, hour, and the servers just were not functioning at all. And we sat there pushing, you know, typing in our password, enter, waiting, timeout. Typing in our password, enter, server timeout, you know, over and over again for hours. And I think it was like 4 a.m. or something when I first, when I actually got to play for a few seconds before it lagged out. I was so tired, so sleepy, but you know, that that really made the experience. Like that, I got eventually I got to my level in Diablo 3. I, I played Reaper of Souls, but what I remember the best, like my best experience with Diablo 3, was that first launch night. Even with all those problems. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. People complaining about how bad it is. I'm like, no, it's an experience. It, it feels authentic, you know? And it, 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 there's camaraderie. You bitch together. You go on the Square Enix forums. You, you yell at Square Enix together. You call them assholes and <laughs> fix their shit. And then you, you skipped off work and then F them, you know? You, you have an enemy to hate at that moment, you know? And then you still play the game anyway. But it's, it really brings people together. It brings the outrage together. And it's kind of nice. Yes, shared experiences, boys. That's, all, that's, all, that's what it's about, you know? All right, into, uh, into some brighter news. I want to do a quick recap on my investments. We have uh, my player unknowns trench coat investment. Uh, the price of these has skyrocketed in the last week. I think last week the price was about uh, $200 each, right about 200 bucks each. Now they're up to $300 wow. each. So I have five of these trench coats. And I think I did the math. I, I invested $600 into trench coats and uh, a bandana. And that, that $600 is worth like $2,100 right now, which is, I'm pretty happy about that. Time for a new I mean, computer? <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was actually saying earlier on, on, this, on Discord, I, when I cash out my profits from these trench coats, I'm going to buy my next new computer entirely on my virtual trench coat winnings. Trench, my trench coat winnings, if you will. So that's actually, it's the first time I'm going to say I paid for my computer with bullshit I flipped on the Steam Marketplace. Nice. That's, 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 that's a good feel. Every time you play a Steam game, you're going to be like, I got I got this for free from you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I, I plan to cash that with dollars. There's, there's websites you can, you know, it's like Steam Marketplace alternatives. You can take out with cash with less, uh, you know, fees as well because the fees are pretty high on Steam Marketplace. It's like 
Wow. Yeah, so they make good money on that. It's crazy. Steam probably makes more money on a resale of a of a trench coat in this game than they do from the sale of a new game. Actually, we can do the math very quickly. They're, the thing is, they give a 10%, I believe, to the publisher, right? So, mm-hmm. Player Unknown, the guy that makes Player Unknown is Blue Hole. They get 30 bucks. That's the cost of the game. So, every time somebody buys a trench coat, it's like they sold a game because they get 10% cut of the $300 fee, $300 base price. And then Steam gets a 5% cut. So, a 5% on that is going to be $15. Yeah, that's 50%. The game, Steam is making way more money when somebody buys one of these trench coats than when somebody buys the actual game. They buy the actual game, they get like thirty. They get ten dollars of of Steam's cut. So they make a bigger cut on the on the resale of these bullshit trench coats. So it's crazy. Impressive. Impressive indeed. Well, let's take it to uh, Maple Story as well because we did play a bit of Maple Story two this last week, and uh, we get a little recap for our thoughts from Maple Story two. I've actually really enjoyed the game myself, and I've I've actually played stream for at least an hour and a half after we stopped the grind fest, and. No, what do you think about Maple Story 2? I think it was your fir- your first time playing. It was my first time playing. You know what I thought? Okay, it was much different than I thought, but I think my tolerance for dealing with like foreign games and translations uh, has waned over the years. Uh, so when it if it does actually come out here, I will definitely play it. But I was so frustrated when we learned that there was a particular uh, mainline story quest, and one of the objectives was literally undoable with the English uh, fan translation active so you had to log out uh relaunch the game with the original korean language pack and then you could progress in the story right and then and then you had to log out again yeah. and switch back to english so that kind of ruined uh like my my game mode if you will but the game was so cute it was so it was so relaxing to fly with the balloon uh there's like a flying you get a flying mount guys at like level like 10 or something you know you, you can fly mm-hmm. with a balloon get a little race car it's fun. It's a fun little uh, casual game. You can play with, um, I guess, not casual gamer friends of yours or whatever. Uh, yeah. I think it'll do better here than it, than it is doing in Korea. And I want to emphasize again how unique the game is. Look, I, I love Final Fantasy XIV. I, I got over 24 days played in the game. Uh, and I, I play a lot of MMORPGs. But I, I, I can safely say Final Fantasy XIV doesn't do anything new. And that's not, to me, offensive to like one of my favorite games. The game does really nothing new. It's just uh, another WoW-like game, although a very polished WoW-like experience. It really doesn't bother to innovate too much or really deviate from the, the standard mold. Whereas a game like MapleStory 2, I think there's a lot more you know, to deviate from the mold. It's a unique game, and I do want to see more games like push the envelope and trying different things. And it is sad to hear the game MapleStory 2 is like not doing so well in South Korea. It's got one server. That one server is fairly busy, but it's only one server nonetheless. So I really wish the game comes out in America because I do agree with you. I think the game is well suited to Western release because Western gamers, younger gamers, are familiar with Minecraft. And anyone that, and people that watch this play, they said like, "Holy crap! My like my little cousin would love this game. They go crazy over this because I think it, it combines MMORPG elements with some sandbox elements, like some you can like design like, with animal, like the Animal Crossing housing system. The fact that you can like literally import designs for your house, like the outside of it, it's almost like Second Life. You can really have complete customization on your house. You put billboards in the game, put like, pictures on them. It's a really fun social game that mixes MMORPG and social elements. And I think it would do really well over here. And I, I do commend them for doing something different. I just wish it did better in South Korea. If it did better in South Korea, it would probably be out here by now. I guess they're still polishing it up because I think the game is still going to happen. And I'm still banking on some kind of announcement for MapleStory 2 by the end of the year. Because we did hear at the beginning of the year, 
or it was, I think it was the beginning of this year that they said they were they hired a, a produce a production manager a producer for MapleStory two in the California offices of Nexon. So something was getting done for MapleStory two. Some progress was being made. You know, it's kind of a tangent here, but I am always baffled that more of these mainline AAA MMORPGs, whether it's Final Fantasy XIV or ESO or BDO, don't have way, way more mini games and like stuff. Like, imagine just chess. I remember in Ultima Online, for like 10 gold in town from NPC, you could buy a chess board. You could put it on the floor or put it in your house. Mm -hmm. And then if you double click it, a literal chess board just comes up on your screen. And if, so, if another person double clicks it, it comes up for them too. And you can just play a game of chess, like in real time, like just you know, move the pieces and play. Um, I mean, I didn't really do it a lot. I did a few, but it was it was so amazing. It added to the immersion. It added like another extra activity. Like imagine like in BDO or Final Fantasy XIV, you could just do that. You could just play chess in in the client, and there was a, mm -hmm. a ladder, like a ranking system. And then every week or every month, you get a reward, like a, a special cosmetic, like a like a Brainiac hat or something, like you know, chess master. Like you get like a bishop on your uh, on your head or something. Like, it's such low effort content, but I feel like it would keep people in the game. It would add immersion, and you could do it not just for chess, but a whole plethora of uh, of uh, mini games like that. It's just it's just amazing to me that more games don't include these kind of mini games. Yeah, I mean, Maple Story Two has a bunch of those actually. You get the server wide events, and some of them are really cool. It felt like a Mario Party style event. One of them. I think it's like the ground shakes, like you're in this like little square arena, like a whole bunch of tile shake. You have to go to the tile that's not shaking, otherwise it knocks you off the stage, right? And it gets progressively more difficult. And by the end, like we had like 100 people on the, there to start, and then like maybe like 10 people survived. I made it to the last round, but then I lost. But I agree with you 100%. Like that that low effort content with the chessboard, it's such a simple thing, right? We, we saw it in Ultima Line 1997, yep. and we don't see it in any in in other game. I know we've seen Shroud the Avatar do stuff like it because it's made by the same guy that did Ultima Online. But it really is a shame that we don't have more little things like that. That can kind of, you know, you, you still have the base game, you know? Just add these little things to make it a more immersive experience. If you can play chess in Final Fantasy, it'd be awesome. Like, it takes like so late. Even if they want to, like, dumb it down, they can only do it inside a player house. You know, whatever, you know, maybe maybe make it like that simple if you want. But just put it in the game. It's so simple. Like, you know, how do you lose? It gives players another way to decorate their house. Maybe while they're sitting there waiting for the people to gather up, they can just play around over there. Right now, the game has something called Triple Triad. If you play Final Fantasy VIII, it's the same exact card game. Now, people love Triple Triad. Uh, I, honestly, it, it's kind of fun to kill time while you're waiting, but it's it's ultimately like not a... <laughs> I don't want to bash it because people do really love it, but you have to collect the cards, right? And collecting the cards is a whole endeavor. You know, It's good that it's a side content for people, but if you don't go out of your way to collect all the cards, which is a pretty arduous ordeal you know you spend like tens of hours sometimes probably create 100 hours to get all the cards you're at a massive disadvantage because these cards are just better than yours so the triple trads it's an okay game if you play with balanced decks but it's never going to be balanced so I, I don't think it's as fun but if you, if you have these little mini games in there it doesn't have to be chess it could be literally anything you know some kind of like bomberman style mini game that appears on the screen when you click on a, on a board I think we had a lot of immersion, and I really wish other MMORPGs did that. Whether it's ESO, FF14, WoW, you know, WoW's got pet battling stuff. They're adding these, they're adding some things, but they don't have to be as creative as they think. Just add like basic mini games and let us just kind of dick around in them. I mean, that's why I really like Final Fantasy's Gold Saucer. It has these basic, simple little games you can do and kind of compare scores. It's it's pretty low effort content. Just do it though. They got to do it. I will be very disappointed. 
if in the upcoming Magic the Gathering MMORPG, you can't right-click somebody, and and there's a not there's like a, a dual option, right? And below that, like mm-hmm. a, a MTG dual option where you can play the card game with them, like like Yu-Gi-Oh style, like it's time to duel. Mm-hmm. And everyone else around you sees like you next to a table, like a, in the you know in the game world, mm-hmm. you know you two are sitting on a table, and then there's a Magic the, uh, the Gathering card game going on, and uh, you get the cards by actually killing the monster. So like a, a, a goblin chaser, you know, he's a common, he's running around like the camp, you kill him, and he's like Ragnarok Online, he's got like a 1% chance to drop a card, and he get, that gets added to your Magic the Gathering deck, and you can actually use it in the MMO to play Magic together. That'd be awesome. But it probably won't happen. It's not gonna happen. But this, but, the, but what's stupid is it's so easy to do it, right? Yeah. Just give players like five starter decks, and they can, that's it. Don't add any other cards to the game, just pick five starter decks. Like, and that level of easiness, like that level of, you know, engagement, just putting your board in front of you and you just play with the five starter decks, I don't think it requires that much, you know, development to add. And that, that was the kind of cool thing about Final Fantasy XIV. When, when you're doing the triple triad, your character pulls up like, uh, you can see the cards being held by your character, by other people looking at you, right? And there's actually a board in front of you. There's two characters basically like uh, holding cards looking at each other. And it's, it's kind of cool that it has that visual cue. But I, I wish MTG does what you're saying. But they won't. I Even know. if it's just starter decks, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> like, I'm so confident that, that they just won't do it. But I wonder why. Like, why don't these aren't like? I don't think these are particularly innovative ideas. You know, we're bringing up these aren't like, you know. I'm sure somebody's thought of this before. Like, why aren't they doing it? <laughs> well, that's a good point that someone chat brought up. Doesn't require a lot of development. Uh, quote: Average non-developer. <laughs> you know. So look, <laughs> I think it has to be designed in cohort, like in, in concert. Like, uh, they would need a help from the MTG online crew probably to so use their database and stuff. Who knows? Well, with MTG, actually, MTG is a very complex game. I don't yeah. think MTG is actually made for... Uh, it's a, MTG never works well online, so I give that one a fair pass. But if you see Ultima Online in 1997, letting you play chess with literally anyone, just buying a chessboard from the NPC, dropping it on the floor and using it, come on, if they can do that in 1997, there's no reason you can't just slap that feature onto, like, ESO or, uh, you know, Final Fantasy XIV. You have a web... You know, that's what I'm saying is the is the is the low development part is the easy to develop part. I'm obviously MTG is a whole different ballpark. The game is again crazy complicated. Do you think I, if they could somehow redo the World of Warcraft client today, they would include a Hearthstone in it so you could like right click somebody and challenge them to a Hearthstone match like in town? That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. I'm, I'm I've heard this before, but like I feel like that'd be such a cool thing to do. But these are the things that I think make MMORPGs immersive, right? It's got to be more than just that core grind. I mean, the story, the grind, the gear progression, it's all good, right? But like, you have to have more than that. And when I see stuff, like what I, the things that FF Final Fantasy XIV does, I don't think are particularly like, you know, groundbreaking or even that in-depth, but they do things other people don't even bother trying to do with the mini games, with the triple triad, with the gold saucer, with these little things, you know? But if more games did it, I think it'd be great for the genre because I think people want more than just the core gameplay. That's the reason to play MMOs, I think. You gotta get the whole package. Indeed. I gotta mention, too, also MapleStory related. Uh, burning event uh, is going on till later tonight. I think it ends tonight for MapleStory oh, no. 1. So if you haven't played yet, maybe now's the time. I actually ended up playing with my buddy, uh, Chaos Shield, because he, he actually asked me to play. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll play some MapleStory. So I made a, a, a Kinesis. I actually had a Kinesis before, but it was lower level, because I didn't do it when Burning came out. So I played my Kinesis during Burning. A lot of fun, really good class. And if you know you're itching to play a random Maple Story class, the burning events are the times to do it. Every time you level up, you level up three times instead of one. Uh, my friend says he got to like level 150 in like two hours. 
So like three hours or so. So it's very easy to level up during the burning events, and it's a lot of fun. Good Gotta to rock know. that Maple Story. Maple Story One is still one of the one of the biggest MMORPGs in the West. Though people don't give it credit, though, but it really it is it is up there. And I actually I have to share this picture with you because I was browsing at most.com. I know in the pregame we showed a lot of really bad like sexualized ads for a game called Blade of Queens. I literally just got a new ad that I've never seen before, which I think is probably the best ad I've seen for this game. The game is called Blade of Queens. They run these really weird sexualized ads, and this one just came up for me. What? What the hell is going on? This is dangerous. Jeez. Some dangerous gameplay, guys. Guys, what is going on? This is on MLS.com right now, and I'm seeing this ad. What is the, What do they mean by the 18 with a cross sign on it? Like I know and why. <laughs> I know what they mean, but why do they mean that? <laughs> and why is it like there? And why are my choices Ravage or Fondle? Maybe it's like uh maybe it's like Dota two. It's like actually Tidehunter's ult, you know? Oh there you go. It's Ravage. <laughs> and it's not necessarily lewd, it's just like cringe and bad and stupid. Oh man, this company. This this Queen of Blades game <laughs> has the has the most ridiculous ads. Makes no sense. Actually not most ridiculous after War Tune, but it's up there. This is one of those rare <laughs> cases, guys, when the ads are better than the actual product. So Oh definitely. Yeah, there's more there's more entertainment value with these ads for these kind of browser games than the actual gameplay. <laughs> All right. Well, since we mentioned, since I mentioned uh, that job posting for MapleStory too. You know, again, it's still in oh. the works apparently in the West. We got to mention about a job posting over at Blizzard. Who? Uh, did you see this yet? I have. I mean, I heard about it, but I have not seen this. Let me see this. All right. So why don't we look at the actual job posting itself, okay? Rather okay. than our coverage of the job posting. This is the actual job posting for a production director for an unannounced project in the Diablo universe. Looking for a production director for an unannounced title, an unannounced project. And it's for AAA, blah, blah, blah. And if you look at the, if you scroll down to pluses, okay. look at the plus number two. Wow, massive multiplayer game development experience, guys. Ooh, what does it mean? And people are saying it's not, an ex not another expansion for Diablo 3. So some people are saying it's potentially Diablo 4, that would be pretty interesting. Do you think? Do you think we have a chance of a Diablo Four? Diablo Three hasn't been out that long yet, but so the the, the super speculation is a, a Diablo MMORPG. So mm -hmm. a wor world of Diablo Craft. All right, that's 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 the next game. Right? I'm calling it. And people are saying it's not definitely not a new expansion because uh, it's been confirmed many times that there's no new expansion in the works right now for Diablo Three. So it's either going to be it's going to be something new. Again, they say unannounced project, and the fact that they list the pluses as a uh, you know massive multiplayer game development experience, it, it kind of has me hype. You know, this could be Diablo Four. Obviously, if they're just hiring some people for it now, do not expect an announcement literally for like another until at least BlizzCon at the minimum, which is in November. So even if they are working on Diablo Four, you're not going to hear an official announcement because they have to have something to show before they really announce anything, and they're just hiring people for to start working on it. Well, if you if you can't wait seven years for the next Blizzard game, because that's how long Blizzard usually takes, there is some Diablo three content you can purchase. Uh, you can purchase, purchase ew fifteen dollar for a content pack. This is the first content pack for Diablo three. Uh, if you pay it, you get you can make a Necromancer class. It's been did in test. Did you say fifteen dollar? Yes, I did. I don't know All why. Right, nice. I like, but I like, uh, I like, I like. 
Okay, I'm glad. Uh, so yeah, you get a new class, Necromancer, uh, based off the class from Diablo 2 that everyone loved. Uh, you do get some other goodies. You get uh, two additional stash tabs, so they're kind of going with the whole pay for tabs, Path of Exile style model there. You get extra character slots, which honestly I didn't even know character slots were a, were a limited factor in Diablo 3. I, I, I remember making like eight characters or something, and I never had an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you get a few other like cosmetics here, and you can be a necromancer. All right, I'm, this 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 is what I'm frustrated about. I don't think games should sell classes and more RPGs, ARPGs. Look, I don't mind any of the cash up stuff they're doing, right? With the additional character slots, additional stash tabs, you know, portrait frames, all the other crap they're selling, even cosmetics, all that stuff. But if they're selling access to a class, that kind of grinds my gears a bit. I don't think that should be locked behind content. And I, they've, uh, Blizzard, for example, did a great job with Overwatch saying that. None of the character classes will be locked behind content. You know, basically, anytime a new character comes out, everybody gets it. And they said that from the get-go. And it's unfortunate they're doing it with Diablo 3. I mean, Necromancer, I think, is a really fun class. It was a great class in Diablo 2. But I feel there's something wrong about charging for a class. If you Maybe put it, if there's a new expansion, I'll feel better about it. You know, Maybe you want to shove a new class in expansion. That's okay. So then you're okay with it. You're just, you're just, it's just I'm, a more matter, so okay. I'm more so okay with that. It's I'm a matter so okay of framing, framing it. That's all you're kind of concerned with here. Yes, if you're selling a class, like on the, if I go to the microtransaction shop in order to play this class, I gotta go through a microtransaction because when they, when if if there's a new expansion for Diablo three, you're not gonna get be able to play Necromancer that new that new expansion. You still have to buy it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I hate that. System. I don't have a problem with it. Um, my only problem with this whole content pack is it's 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 weak sauce in the amount of content you get. Um, mm-hmm. Remember Diablo three's main? I would say main competition at this point is Path of Exile, which is my preferred action RPG. And Path of Exile actually has a, a huge expansion of its own in beta testing currently, which is expected to release in about a month. And uh, that that ex- free-to-play game is releasing a free expansion that's going to have way more content than Diablo 3's paid content pack for its paid uh, game. So it kind of makes Blizzard, which is supposed to be this huge company, just you know look weak sauce in, in the amount of free, you know, in the amount of content that's delivering for for a price you know is not matching what a free-to-play game is delivering for free so that, that that's my it's kind of embarrassing the disparity there and noteworthy is that path of exile doesn't sell any pay-to-win stuff either you know it's a, it's a massively successful arguably one of the most successful uh western developed you know arpgs mmos in the last like uh, last few years you know last in the most you know, recent times really off the top of my head maybe warframe is bigger but besides warframe i mean there really haven't been that many big western developed successful titles especially free-to-play titles so Path of Exile is one of them, and they're doing phenomenal. Oh yeah, I just I can't get over that fifteen dollars purchase price for a class. I, I hate that. I don't honestly. I'm more, I'm more okay with them selling some incremental pay to win stuff. That bothers me less. But than putting a class. I, okay, imagine you got the class. You get a whole well, you get like a whole new act. Okay, with it. So now now it's basically a fifteen dollars expansion. Bundle expansion. Okay. Let's say they call it a content pack still, but and you get exactly everything you get now, right? You know, with the with the two stash tabs and it's gotta be an expansion. It's okay. gotta be a full expansion. And you get one extra act. That's good nope. now. It's gotta be. It's well, gotta be a full expansion. Well, a full expansion. They, they gotta call. They have to call an expansion. Oh, so the, okay. Because usually they call an expansion, and it's building an expansion. <laughs> I'm more okay with it. All right. Oh my god. I don't know, man. That's 
It's look, a, there is a point I think when a when buy look, when buy to play game. Also, it's a, when you you have to buy Diablo three, right? The whole cash yes. shop thing. Okay. I was I was nagging at people, ragging at people last week for complaining about Final Fantasy XIV's cash shop because they're like, it's a subscription game. You know, they shouldn't put stuff behind the like cosmetics behind uh, a microtransaction shop. You shouldn't microtransaction a subscription game. Look, I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Cosmetics are no problem, but that argument, you know, when your game is buy to play like Diablo three is or subscription based. I don't think core content classes such as classes should be locked away in in these microtransactions. That there's something wrong. It feels wrong. Well, first of in all, a free to play game, it's more okay, but I still I still don't like it. I don't think it's being framed as a, as a microtransaction. It's 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 just like a like a like a digital pack. Like only because like the blizzards uh, blizzards like research analyst they pulled a bunch of people and they said okay microtransaction does not pull well with our with a focus group. How can we make this sound more palatable to people? We'll call it a pack. Well, I mean, they find that pack pulls better. That's the only reason. Clearly, clearly, clearly they should have uh, pulled Dio and came up with the mini expansion because that, that apparently that would have gave you the pass then, you know? So No, uh, it's got to be a full expansion. Okay, it's call it expansion. Okay, call it expansion and just package They would wouldn't do that though. They, they, they don't, because they know inside they can't call it an expansion because it's not an expansion. It would be dishonest to themselves. They wouldn't do it. If they if they could swallow their you know sell sell out everything and call an expansion, you know then I I, I would still say probably something wrong with it. But it's so light that there's all all we're getting is a new class. They wouldn't do it though. All right, and they did. Yeah, they're not doing it. I got a deal for you. I got a deal for you. Okay, you know Trump's the president. Gotta we we got to make right. deals. All right, we got to meet. We got to meet halfway. All right. How about a micro right, expansion? How about a micro expansion? No, no, it can't do it. It can't do it because everyone will see through this. It's a it's a micro transaction for a class and a game that you've already paid for and an expansion you've already paid for too. That's what's that's the problem. In a free to play game, it's also an issue, but it's less of an issue there. You paid for this game, I think you should get the classes. That's it. Do you know when Diablo three came out? Uh I'm gonna say five years ago? Four years ago, four years. Okay, okay, whatever. Four years ago. Twenty thirteen. So what why I, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm baffled that you, I think it's twenty twelve actually, but I'm baffled that you feel like you're owed like for, you know, continuous content for this but No, 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 no. I'm not owed, I, I I rather the, I'd personally I would rather them not release that content. I, as an option, and nobody gets to, it. Oh my god! I'd rather nobody get it than put a microtransaction on it. And I feel like I, I I can tell you right now that is a counterintuitive, stupid thought. Okay, objectively speaking, it's counterintuitive, hundred percent. But something inside says I'd rather this not be there than put it as a microtransaction. All right. Well, I mean, I guess the rational side of this podcast on All this right. issue will say my issue with this uh, necromancer thing is. It looks really weak compared to uh, the rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of embarrassing that Blizzard, you know, with that with that name, with that you know history, with that with those resources, are packing such a little punch into this into this paid package. So that that that's my issue. All right. But, but, Let's take a look at what people are playing this week too. I thought, did you see this on RMORPG? There was a poll of which MMORPG you're currently playing. Oh, this came out this week. Let me see I'll this. Share with the audience here too, if you guys want to vote on it, see what you guys are playing. A- any surprises for you there? Honestly, uh, it's exactly as I expected. I'm, so honestly, well, I'm not ahead. surprised that none is number one. <laughs> exactly as I said. Most people are very jaded. They're not playing anything, so yeah. that's fair. I'm, I'm surp- none is makes sense. I am surprised by F14. I know the patch. It's expansion. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, you know, unfair. I think it's going to get a bump from that. You know, wow, hasn't anything new happened right away? Mm-hmm. And people are curious in the Twitch chat too. Feel free to vote. There's an RMRPG straw poll. Some, you know, it gives some interesting data out there. 
but you know, right off the top of my head, is these these were the games that are going to be there anyway. You know, FF14, WoW, BDO, Guild Wars 2, ESL. Those are really the and RuneScape is still obviously still relevant. So those are really the these are probably the most popular MRPGs in the West right now too. I lo I love how WildStar is actually ahead of Star Wars: The Old Republic. I, I don't think I think Star Wars is a lot more players than Wildstar. Though. Remember, yeah. this is obviously yeah. not definitive. I don't think it's accurate for player base outside of the top few, but I am nearly certain that FF14, WoW, BDO, Guild Wars, and ESO are the most played MRPGs here in the West right now, and RuneScape as well. So those are the most popular. After that, it's not accurate at all. I don't think in terms of actual player base. Well, before we get too sidetracked, uh, we were talking about MapleStory two earlier. There is another. Nexon game that is actually going to make it to the West, uh, and that is Hyper Universe, a 2D 4v4 uh, MMORPG. No, excuse me, MOBA. MOBA. That's a MOBA. A closed MOBA, beta. There you yes, go. closed beta starting uh, tomorrow, actually, right? Or the day after? Mm -hmm. or Friday. Starting Friday and running till the 30th of June. Uh, we did this for Sunday Fun Day a while back, and mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun with this one. I, I think this will do pretty good. I think it'll find a nice niche. Uh, I love the fact that it's 2D. It's a lot easier to... Here's the problem with MOBAs. They're too hard to learn. You can't get... Nobody new gets into MOBAs. You know, you if you're playing League or Dota, you're playing with the same people you've been playing with five years ago. You know, mm -hmm. I, and I would challenge you to you know find an exception. I mean, only HOTS kind of brings the two together. But, you know, those those classic MOBAs, you really can't get new people to play them. So, I, but I think uh, with Hyper Universe, kind of like with... First of all, yeah. that's, that can't be true. That literally can't be true because these you know, league has been releasing stats saying their active player base is jumping from 60 million like a year and a half ago to 100 million now monthly active player base. So some new people are playing them. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe some Brazilians are getting computers for the first time. But there you go. I think that might be it. <laughs> I just feel like I'm playing with the same group of people in 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 those mobiles. Are you how about you? How, how personally, what's your experience? No, it's not true because I. Actually, I, I've been playing a little bit of League lately. I've only played two or three games this last week. I've been much less active because I'm playing a lot more uh, Final Fantasy XIV. But when I play League, I typically do look at, like, there's a, you, know, you can see who you're playing with on sites like Law Nexus, Law Skill. It tells you, like, it queues up who you're playing with. You can see their stats, right? And some of these guys, they click to their profiles. They, they've only been playing for the last two seasons. I've been well, playing every season since beta. But a lot of people I see have only been playing for, like, one or two seasons, three seasons. I mean, like, so There are people still new to the relatively new to the game within one or two years. All right, all right. It happens. I think it's it is hard to visualize new people getting into Dota, for example, or League, because these are such daunting games to get into. But they do. Uh, I, but, okay, you know, yeah. That's not been my experience. But I do, anyway, my 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 main point was, I think Hyper Universe is way more accessible of a MOBA, a nice, fun, free, casual uh, experience for people. And because of that, I think a lot of people are going to try it. Uh, I don't know if closed beta is the best time to try it because there will be a wipe and all. But if you if you're curious, uh, just head over to nexon.net and give it a try. And actually, it's worth mentioning a lot of the annoying issues from the Korean version. If you played on the Korean version, were kind of resolved in the in the North American one. They got rid of a lot of the restrictions on playing with your friends. They got restrictions on requiring you to play AI matches. They expanded free rotation to six heroes instead of four, and uh, it's. They made it a lot better. There's no mandatory notches. You can start playing with friends right away, which is a must. I don't know why they required you to play those AI matches, which is frustrating. And they put those level restrictions for your parties, which is frustrating. But those have since been fixed for the American version. And it's this, you know, should be, it was playable already, I think, in PAX. So it's probably pretty close to release. Uh, the closed beta, again, is on the 23rd. But I suspect open beta will happen within, uh, within two months 
of that closed beta ending. And I just want to mention that despite the 2D graphics and all, this is a this is a legit you know competitive game. That there you know, each each class has you know different like four skills or whatnot, and and the skills are very you know a lot of them are you know you gotta be they gotta be aimed they gotta be timed properly. It's a skill based game. This is you know an in depth competitive game, and that compares to a, a few other other 2D like casually mobiles I I tried on Steam. Those those mm-hmm. never really felt like full fledged games to me honestly. This one, this one feels tight. It feels real. It feels like a competitive game. You could, you, you gotta spend hundreds of hours, you know, perfecting. So there's depth there. There's meat to the bone. Actually, in, in similar, I guess, competitive. I mean, similar news. I mean, it's gonna be competing a bit with Master X Master, uh, and Seasoft Moba, and they're both action oriented too. I mean, uh, Master X Master is not 3D, right? But Master X Master is actually launching, like full launch, legit launch on June 21st, which is tomorrow. So that'll be playable as well. Here's the problem with any of these games. Look, I do think Master X Master, uh, Hyper Universe is different because it's got the 2D side scrolling combat thing going on. But you're not gonna. It's so hard to compete with League and Dota and Hots and Smite, right? These games have been around for such a long time now that any new entrant finds such difficulty. We've seen it with like polished games, like even Infinite Crisis, right? This they had the Marvel. They did all these super DC. They did all the DC heroes in there. They did superheroes. Superheroes are in. Everybody loves superheroes, right? The movies do amazing. Everyone loves flopped it. and shut down so quick. And I don't think uh, Hyper Universe is going to make it personally because MOBAs. People would think MOBAs. I want to go play League. I want to play Dota. You know, they go back to the games they always play. And even Master X Master, which I think is, they've done a lot different. The tag team mechanic is actually different. You, you don't see that in any other MOBA. It's literally just tag teaming between two heroes. It gives you infinitely more variety with what you can do in a game. The way you can play the game. It's like you have so much more choice. It's interesting and it's fun. It's action-oriented. It's skill-based, right? It's it's cool, easy to approach, difficult to master. And I think it's phenomenal. But I, because it's a MOBA, because it's going to still be kind of competing with League and Dota, I'm going to say there's no chance. And I really wish I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong on that one. But I do. Th- I do think Master X Master is a phenomenal game. It's the core mechanics are amazing. It's doing a lot of different stuff. But it's competing with the. It's an impossible uphill battle. Okay, despite the whole swapping thing, I think Master X Master looks a lot more like, you know, like what we're used to seeing with the isometric yeah. view and everything. And I think it's bloated by a lot of unnecessary things like the hub world, the, the PvE stuff, you know? So I think I think Hyper Universe yeah. has a much better chance. And again, I, I don't know what you mean by make it. It's not going to be as big as Dota or whatever, but I think it's going to it's going to find a a nice audience. Interesting. Somebody in our chat says, I hate MOBAs, uh, but he really loves Master X Master. So that's actually pretty interesting. I, I do agree with you. It does look like more traditional MOBA. However, there's actually multiple game modes that you don't have to play it like uh, with the three lanes, take the enemy's base to win. There's a mode which is basically an arena, which I think is actually a lot of fun. The 3v3 is just a small arena. You just kill each other there. Like, that's pretty cool because it, it has that like battle right feel to it. You know, and I think Balor is a phenomenal game too. It's really fun. So you have both the MOBA element, you have the arena element, but I do think it's a bit bloated with the with the P, with the MMORPG element too, because there is this you know progression system. There are these stages you can grind for gear, and there's really weird MMORPG element too, which I don't think chives well with the rest of the game. All right, you play both. I want to hear it from you. Which one do you think will do better? I want to take the opposite side of that bet, and they can we can write it down as one of our bets. Interesting. Uh, I think Master X Master. Okay, I'm glad you picked that because I think I think Hyper Universe will do better. So I, I'm I'm not optimistic on either. I really wish they both do well because I do think they're both fun games. Nah, you know? no pandering. 
Okay, so you say right. Master X Master. Right. I say right, I'm moving from Master X Master. I say Happy Universe. We'll write it down. All right. I'm curious what the chat thinks too. What do you guys think, Master X Master or uh, Hyper Universe? Which one will do better? We got one. Somebody saying Master X Master 100. So curious where everyone else stands. At least, and that one at least we'll be able to play tomorrow. You know, you haven't played at Master X Master either. So when you get back, we to can America, play this we'll, tomorrow we'll play too. Master X Master. All right, all right, we can play this all one too. That's a closed beta. This is open, this is actual full release. All right, all right, fine, fine, fine. All right. I think I actually have a. They actually gave me a founders pack. I think for Master X Master. So I'm glad I can get a lot of a lot of fun free shit. So I can play that well, with the goodies. Uh, I know you guys just love mobos. You can't get enough mobos. I I always love reading chat. You know, mobos get so much love. There's actually another mobile coming out, guys, in Korea. It's called Marvel End Time Arena. See, DC, the DC, Mar the DC uh, mobile by uh, Turbine wasn't enough. All right, we need one more <laughs> try at a superhero mobile, and that is Marvel End Time Arena. Is it PC or mobile? It is. It looks like. A, I hope it's mobile. By the way, it looks actually, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but we. Interesting. I've actually, I've actually never heard of that one. Oh, no, well, now you know. It's in Korea only for now. But uh, we'll see if it makes it over here, guys. I, I, I do want to... Go ahead. I do think it's um, PC, though. All right, good. Because I've actually never seen that, that's why I asked. Mm -hmm. I do want to briefly mention Strike of Kings. It's King of Glory, same game. The Chinese... Uh, it's made by Tencent. It's a 5v5 mobile MOBA. It is launching... It's aiming for a launch in the U.S., in uh in september and we got that from our super secret and mos.com inside sources <clears throat> more like some guys more like them you know asking to advertise and they they, they kind of mentioned that they kind of want to worry about their they want to focus on the advertising in september i wonder why september they you know they didn't say i couldn't share that so we, we snuck that out there that uh the game is aiming for a september launch here in the u.s and it's a big deal because this is this is literally the biggest game in the world right now and I don't, I know, I don't like talking about mobile that much either. I know people kind of roll their eyes when I say mobile, and obviously we're not big mobile gamers, you know, on YouTube either. But this is literally the biggest game in the world, and for that reason, we have to talk a little bit about it. And if you don't know about this game either, like it, it's good to be familiar with what the biggest game in the world is right now. It makes it made four hundred million dollars in one month. It is the most played game in China by far, and it's minting money over there. And it's made by the guys, you know, Tencent, they own League of Legends. It looks kind of like League of Legends as well. And it's it's something else. I, I say it's, I say you gotta try it. It's worth checking out. There's a I think it's only it's right now it's only playable as Strike of Kings in Turkey. Yo, so if you if you want to use a VPN, you can get it and play in the Turkish version. I was so surprised by that. Like I I was playing some mm -hmm. other game on my phone like in bed, mm -hmm. and I, I got an ad because sometimes you get ads in these mobile games. Yeah. And it was for it was for Strike of Kings. And I was like, whoa, wh how is this out here but not in America? You know, like only in Turkey because they're testing the Western market slowly, right? They, I think it's an English client too. I believe the one that's in Turkey. Yeah, it's English. And they want they want to test out the version i guess in a market they don't really care about which is probably turkey oof, right oof. they don't mind releasing the shitty unfinished no, product no. over there local unlocal project maybe maybe they know that turkey is uh at the vanguard of the western world all right and, oh there you go and they want to get here turkey first take over. they want to get here first you know because they know how important this is but yeah it's it's crazy how much money this game makes and i, I i've played the chinese version i think it's i think it'll do really well i think it'll do really well in america as well uh, it, it, somebody said, remember Mobile Legends? It's kind of like Mobile... This is the game that Mobile Legends copied, by the way. You know, Mobile Legends is uh, is like a knockoff of this game. And there's a handful of other knockoffs of this as well, because Mobile Legends came out in America while uh, King of Glory, I believe, was sitting in uh, in China still. 
So this game is unbelievably successful. I played it. It plays really well. I think the Strike of Kings, as is, will have like a bunch of like Marvel heroes too. Actually, I know we brought up Marvel, right? But you have you can play Batman in uh, Strike of Kings. I think they paid they paid good money for that. Oh man! So they have the money to, to, to slap around, you know. And you some of the characters actually look like they're um, like League heroes. And a lot of people, when they saw my video for this game, like, oh my god, League knockoff. Why isn't Riot suing them? It's like, wait a minute. They, the company that makes it literally owns Riot Games, okay? So they can't sue each other. Make, make no sense. You know what always surprised me? Hmm. Like, how did how did gamers become, like, corporate shills? Like, people, you know, when they saw that 300 heroes and stuff in China, but, wow, yeah. look look at China. IP theft. Like, there's Shrek in this game or Sonic or whatever. Dude, who cares? Yeah. Like, wh why are you defending their some corporate IP for them? Are you getting paid? I hope so. Otherwise, you, I don't know. Like, do you remember what Dota All-Stars are? You know, the whole concept of Dota, the way mobiles got started, really, they took characters from, like, Lena was from an anime, right? You had, mm -hmm. you had the Phantom Lancer, who was literally the, the FF10 uh, Lancer, or Kimari. Ronso guy. Yeah, yeah. Kimari. Kimari. Okay, so, like, this, this was literally how the genre got, got started, you know, with, with characters from different IPs, it, all fighting it out in one arena. That was, like, the whole appeal of it. So... When the Chinese do it, why are you, you know, why, why are you know, people attacking them for it? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. There was actually an interview with, uh, I think it was either Super Data or it was uh, Tencent. They said, um, they asked about this specifically, not not specifically this, but they asked something about the Chinese ownership. Like, why don't you guys like the fact that Ark, you know, Survival Evolved was bought by Snail Games? This this happened like over like a year and a half ago, and nobody knew about it till like literally a couple months, like like four months ago. Right? It was unknown for like a year after it happened. And there is a stigma if you're owned by a Chinese company or if, you know, the Chinese game companies have very bad perception here in America. And probably in the West overall. You know, you, you and let's be real, you assume like, oh, it's another Chinese game. You hear like, it's a Chinese game, like, I don't want to play that shit, right? We all kind of have that instinctive feeling. And it kind of comes from experience too. You play these browser games, they're Duke. Like so many Chinese browser games are awful, right? And you get that experience that Chinese games are bad. Obviously not all Chinese games, but you just kind of write them all off. So that's why they don't want to, they don't want people to know is made by China because maybe maybe that's playing a part in people kind of bashing on the game, you know. And if it's a Chinese game ripping content off, then they're gonna they're gonna bash it, right? Maybe if it was a Western game having similarities to another game, they might not, they might not call them out as easily. Uh, that definitely plays a part. There's a big stigma there. Is it earned? Uh, Probably, but we're getting past that, I think. Alright, Cat says they lie about how much money they make. That is why they're hated. They scam investors. Okay, that's a bold accusation. And when you, it, I mean, it may apply to some smaller companies, but when you look at a company like Tencent, which is literally worth like $400 billion. 400, let us think, in, it's worth like as much as, it's on par with Google. It's on par with Amazon. These, this, this is not a small company. And if they lie about their revenues, they're audited by like Deloitte with, you know, some of the biggest auditors in the world. Well, also, these are massive they're, companies. They're trade, isn't Tencent traded in America? They're, no, they're uh -oh. they're they're public they're publicly traded in Hong Kong. Okay. They're they're ADRs in America. These companies are audited by some of the biggest, you know, auditing companies in the world. They're under scrutiny. You will see Chinese companies lie all the time. It's maybe the culture in China is more loose with facts, right? But big companies like Tencent, I'm talking I'm not talking about know, small time, small fries. I don't think Tencent is lying at all about revenue for Strike of Kings. They've they they actually put out the press release saying that they have they had seventy million daily active users. I, I would bet anything. That the numbers are accurate when it comes to Tencent. I'm not going to vouch for every Chinese company, but when you look at like a 340 billion dollar juggernaut that's on par with the biggest internet companies in America, okay, those numbers are going to be legit. I think for sure though, the smaller companies do some some, some sketchy stuff. Uh, I think it's cute that you think those auditors do anything, but that's a different point. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually a Tencent investor. Right? I got a shield for my boys. All right, at least he's getting paid. <laughs> Tencent's a great investment, guys. Right, you make a lot of money. Put all your money to Tencent. Don't don't, don't put all your money anywhere. <laughs> but I'm actually kind of excited to play this when it comes out in America. I'm curious to see how big it's going to be. Because I think a lot of these mobile games haven't caught on the way they have in Asia. They haven't had like the mass appeal. You know, we have a friend, Mike, he's in China, right? He sent me a picture recently saying like, everybody, he's a picture of these people like, on the street, right? Everyone's playing mobile games. Every, he's like, I look around like at the cafes and stuff, everyone's on their phone. They're not texting, they're playing mobile games. I think mobile gaming is just such a, so ubiquitous in China now. He's in China, he's observing it there. And we haven't seen that just yet here. People, people on their phones here are kind of reading stuff. They're on Facebook, they're on Twitter. They're not, you know, mobile gaming isn't nearly as big in America as it is in, in Asia right now. Japan and China are at the forefront. And South Korea too, actually. Those three countries are just, mobile gaming has taken over. It's like mobile gaming is bigger than PC gaming now there. I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet here. A lot of the guys here, including people in our chat, that are all like scoffing at mobile gaming, they will be hardcore mobile gamers in the next five years you're probably right i think the the um the average phone is going to be stronger than the average pc of a pc gamer I, i'm not saying like the hardcore pc gamer with a 1080 gtx but the average guy who plays league the average guy who plays counter-strike his phone in five years from now will be stronger than his computer in his house so at that point i, I think the distinction between the two will blur no, I think uh, it's worth mentioning too. Right now, the average like iPhone, the average Sam latest Samsung, right, is already faster than the average PC. But you yeah. talk about the average, you know, gamer PC. Yeah. No, the way that, the way things are progressing, I mean, I don't think that's too far fetched. And I do think, I think we're all going to embrace it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm kind of hesitant as well, but it, it's going to happen. It, there's really, unless you're going to hold on to like, you know, the old ways just for the sake of old ways, you got to you got to start embracing it. Look, here's my here's my here's my challenge to everyone watching here. Look at this video I'm playing. How does this look that that different than League? Like, you know, instead of four skills, I th it looks like you have three, right? I guess. Um, yeah. The map is a little smaller, obviously. But you have two summoners and three abilities, yeah. Yeah, okay, so you're using a few abilities. But besides that, it's 5v5. The map is small. It's smaller scale, but it's pretty much the same map. It's not, It's not like... You know that that crazy. No, no. This is this is this is this. I think it's a fair point. I do think the game you're showing, this the Strike of Kings game, it's actually plays phenomenally well. Like it, it is probably one of the better mobile games I've ever played. Right. It, I, I actually play a lot of games for fun because it's just it's a good game. But it's not the same case for mobile and more PGs. And you know games like games like Strike of Kings and Clash Royale, I think are fun mobile games. Right. But when you look at the mobile MMORPGs, because you know, we talk a lot about MMORPGs, I feel like that genre, the mobile MMORPG market, has really been a letdown lately. They're all auto-playing nonsense. That's what I hate. <laughs> That's the problem. Look at, look, the, we, but we got it, we got it, we got the English version of Lineage 2 Revolution launched. Maybe we can, you can show off some gameplay too for this. Sure. Uh, I want to, yeah, I'm dropping it over here. That's the news, actually. Let me show what I put on YouTube, actually, because I put up a video for this the other day. And, you know, I actually played after no, I'm done recording my video. I'm like, I'm playing Final Fantasy. I have the game running my other monitor because I'm playing on an emulator, right? Let me show. So I'm progressing more and more, you know, and it's literally, I'm doing nothing. So look at this video and just my hands are basically off the keyboard, off the off the mouse. There's no player input required. You, you literally auto quest, you auto potion, you auto loot. What more is there to do? You literally click one button every once in a while to like get the next quest. I mean, here's the thing. If, if 
your MMORPG gameplay, especially during your leveling phase, can be reduced to the autoplay, right? If mm-hmm. so, for example, uh, like games like WoW and stuff, you can basically bot to max level, right? Yeah, of course. If you can bot to max level, there's then then the problem is in your, in the gameplay of your game, not the fact that the bot is built in or not. Why not start at max? If if they want to just get rid of it, why autoplay these parts? Make you start at max level. If that's the case. Uh, uh, the same thing could be said for Final Fantasy fourteen or WoW or whatever. I mean, <laughs> no. The fact that you have to play through it and experience it is different. Look, you can say it's you know potentially really easy, but there's the, the fact that you're auto playing is really off. I don't know. There's something wrong about. It. There's something off about this. Here's here's my question. Okay, to you. Look, sometimes it's hard to detach yourself from what you you know the the water you swim in. But yeah, that's I, fair. But here's here's a good example of this. So you know, we grew up playing a lot of World of Warcraft, and we had a friend mm-hmm. who played a lot of World of Warcraft. And we went to his house one day, and we're talking to his dad. His dad is chatting with us, and he mm-hmm. says, and his dad says to me, "Well, my, you do play World of Warcraft? My son plays." I'm like, "Yeah, I play it all the time. I play with your son sometimes." He goes, "What? What? What is this game? All you do is walk." It's all you. He's like, "Whenever I come home from work, I, you know, I, I look at my son on the computer. He's playing World of Warcraft, and he's just running. He's just walking. He's just running somewhere on a road." And then he's like, and then the son is like, Dad, I'm not just running. That, that, that's just when you're looking. I'm, I'm like going somewhere with my friends. But think about it. I, I remember running so much in World of Warcraft, just running from point yeah. A to point B. In the RPG, you run a lot. Yes. And someone who walks by and, and all they see is you running, it seems like an autoplay game, right? What, what are you doing? You're just running. You know, like, so to you, this, you know, Lineage 2, whatever, uh, it, it seems like autoplay walking, right? But does it look any different to someone who's watching us play WoW? No, to a third party is looking at it, I guess not. But okay. at least you're putting inputs in when you're playing WoW. You know, you're moving around manually at least. No, what? when you stop, when you stop, what? you know, What's the difference? I'm, I'm holding W. w. Or you're hitting numlock, right? But at least no. it only goes one direction. It's not, it's it literally auto paths, auto combats, auto potions, auto skills. All the skills use automatically too. Yeah. It just feels like, a, it's, it's called, odd. It's called like auto hockey, dude. Like all the, all like the Diablo 2 and like Ragnarok players had, had all the potion um, slots like yeah. auto, like, if you know, if below twenty percent health, you know, drink potion. Yeah, you can bot that. All that shit was botted, bro. Yeah, it is worth mentioning though that uh, the dungeons, for example, like I did it in the video shows the dungeon, you're killing the gores or whatever. It's all auto combat, right? But uh, there is actually the dungeons on the medium, higher, and higher difficulties. I believe those don't auto combat, and PvP is not auto combat either. So on the higher tier dungeons, you have to do it manually. So there is some you know player input required. It just, it really, I guess. Maybe they embrace the model of like the game starts at the late game, like more so, because that's like when autoplay really kind of plays less of a role, you know? They literally autoplay your way to the late game. Because there is progression at the end when you're higher level, you try and get the higher dungeons, it's all become a gear grind, you know, and th- th- stuff happens later, but like it is. I feel like more and more RPGs, it's still, you don't see WoW putting auto combat, auto play. You don't see FF14 doing it. You don't see all these big success. Like, WoW is successful, it's huge. It makes, you know, like $800 Look. million dollars a year. Look, not doing it look look wow as current difficulty is set the default difficulty right for the leveling mm-hmm. it's no different than auto no you're right it's no yeah i agree it's, it's brain dead easy it's yeah so it's brain let's leave it at brain dead okay if if okay. lineage 2 mobile or whatever is you know brain dead because you had the bot plays for you and in world of warcraft today leveling is brain dead they're different, no, they're different compared 
to World of Warcraft, Lineage 2, like, World of Warcraft is like hardcore, hardest core series because it's full and more PG compared to this. At least you have to move, you might get lost. Hold, hold up, can I run through the dungeon, mob everything in the dungeon, and just sit there uh, auto attacking one by one? Sure. Okay. And you can't really die either, it's super easy. Yeah, so in, in, in WoW, right? Yeah. Okay, so how is that different than just auto playing? I don't, I don't get it. Like, they're both a complete waste of time, right? Sure. Okay, so like, whoa. I mean, at least this game is nice. It knows it's wasting your time, so it doesn't worry. All right, I mean, whatever. It's, it's, look, it just seems like... Look, but what's weird is I've actually enjoyed the the idle games, like Adventure Capitalist, Cookie Click. I've enjoyed those games, right? They're fun. They're, they're, you can play, you leave it running, right? Another monitor. But I, I have yet to find the autoplay and more PGA that I've enjoyed for more than like a day that I'm like, I actually want to come back to, right? I, I play this for hours, like at least seven, eight hours, right? Just running another monitor. And every few seconds, I'll go there and click oh, next quest. Okay, my, my character's running off the quest. No, I'll go back to Final Fantasy XIV. I'll go back to another monitor. I'll do it again. I, I don't want to come back to these. They're not fun. You know you know what's funny, guys? Mm-hmm. I bet... Uh, I recommend every one of you play this game when it's out in America or play today on an emulator on your computer, on your second monitor. And let it serve as a reflection on what your gameplay in, your, you know, in whatever MRPG you played most recently looks like to a third party. Okay, like, you know, like, in BDO, ESO, I basically did this. Okay, talk to Bob the NPC, kill three chickens, okay, go back, okay, talk to him. Like, the first, like, 50 hours of your experience in all these games is basically, it might as well be autoplay, right? You, you're literally following, yeah, yeah, you're, right. you're following the most basic instructions. Go straight, then left. Okay, talk to him. Okay, now go right. Now kill three things. Okay, no, now go right. No, you're right, you're 100% right, but at least you're doing it yourself. You're learning, you know, you're doing, you're doing it. You're not learning though, because it's so it's like so route, because it's like it, it's yeah, a lot of them have the auto walk, like BDO does at least. So it's you're actually yeah. not learning much. Hey guys, this game again, the game you're seeing in the background, it made like 190 million dollars in South Korea in the first month. This is and it's, it's it maintains the still most successful, like, it's the most highest grossing game in South Korea today, by a huge margin, and I think it's gonna make a lot of money in China as well, and I think. I'm curious how it's going to do in America because I don't think any of these games really caught on in America yet. Look, look, there are high-grossing mobile games in America, but there they aren't any MMORPGs like this though. We have ne- we have not seen a top twenty MMORPG on highest-grossing list, whether it's on, on the Google Play or Android, Google Play or iOS. That's been a mobile MMORPG yet. But these mobile MMORPGs, are, like games like this, are consistently top-ranking in China, in Korea, and Japan, but not yet in America. I'm curious to see. Do you think this game might you know push? You know, we'll make it. You know, we'll get us there. Or do you think these games will not catch on? Because they haven't caught on the way they have in China or uh, Korea yet, clearly. Oof, good question. Okay. Like Moo Legend, the, the Moo Origin, their mobile game. It looks just like this, right? Mm-hmm. The CP at the top left, the combat power. It's mobile. Oh, it's on the top five in Korea right now. It's okay. doing amazing in China, right? Okay. In America, it's nothing. I, I will say this. I will say this. I think this game will top the MMORPG comparisons between PC and mobile. Okay, but I think MMORPG in general is just a smaller genre in the West than it is in Asia. Yes, it's smaller. Okay, so while this might not beat like, you know, Hearthstone or whatever or, or League here, it will beat uh, like ESO here or whatever. Okay, or like Final Fantasy fourteen. Okay, uh, I don't know. You think this will be Final Fantasy fourteen? This or I mean, this or the next this, version. This, this is already beating Final Fantasy fourteen worldwide, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The revenue for this game in one month is more. Maybe some context for you guys, because it's important. This game made more money in South Korea alone in one month than Final Fantasy XIV makes all year in the entire world. 
<laughs> in one month, the game we're seeing in the background, out-earned Final Fantasy XIV in the entire year. That's insane. It's mind-boggling because I, I I play for it. It's, it's it's packed. There's people everywhere. I fucking love the game, you know. But like this game that we're seeing, this auto-playing game, makes more in one month in one country than ever fourteen all year. I'm not even talking like the biggest game in the world. Okay, this we're talking Lineage Two Revolution. What? Well, well, like like the name says, boys, we're in for a revolution. This is why we have to talk about mobile games, and I feel like maybe I, I know like I have to open my mind a little bit too clearly. Uh, I, I know. I'm not having fun playing. There's something. Something's happening here, right? Like people are playing these games and spending money on them. You know, I most of us here are calling it brain dead autoplay stuff, right? So we have to realize, like, I don't know. I don't know. Guys, yeah. So this is how the world ends. Not not with a meteor crash, but with autoplay. Okay. Makes sense. It might be. Here's a question. Here's a question you guys have to ask yourselves to figure out if you're if if it, the problem is is you getting old or if the world actually sucks now. Okay, you have to challenge that view because it's so easy to say, well, everything was great when I was young and now it all sucks. Is it just us? Is this is this good gameplay and we just don't see it? Or <laughs> I, I don't know. You want a good gameplay? Look at the link that Milk dropped in chat. Okay. That, oh, it, it's, I've seen this. I think I linked this to you earlier. If not, you, I linked it to somebody else. This is the future of mobile gaming, all right? What, what's the, the one that li- Milk Collect 100 unique anime character. Fidget, oh, it's fidget spinners. Nice. <laughs> It's called uh, Anime Fidget Spinner Battle. Nice. I what love is it. the what is this world coming to, guys? I don't want to live in this world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, boy! <laughs> it's so weird. It reminds me of that South Park episode where uh, Stan is like talking to his brother Ike. Like instead of playing games, the younger generation is just watching people play games, like on YouTube and Twitch. And the stand doesn't get it. He's like, "Why are you watching people play games instead of playing games?" <laughs> so, ma- no, yeah, you're so, right. All right. Oh, it's a good question. All of you out there right now on Twitch watching us, we're not playing a game, but I'm sure you guys watch people play games on Twitch, right? How can you have a problem with autoplay games when you enjoy watching other people play games? Isn't that a form of autoplay? It's not the same. What? How? It's like when you're watching a Twitch channel, it's kind of like a show too, you know? Well, my, my phone's a show. I'm watching my dude grind. <laughs> but I had that I had that running in my mind. I couldn't watch it. It was unwatchable. It was nothing, there was nothing <laughs> worth watching. There's nothing interesting going on. It was all predictable nonsense. Oh man. And you know, yeah, we talked about Twitch before. Twitch is like that the internet couch, you know, everyone just gets down and watches. That's so I agree, there there is still, you know, less interaction between not playing a game and watching someone play a game. But I think you know most of us still play games too, even though we watch people play. But yeah, Twitch is definitely taking up more and more time. People usually watch Twitch while doing other things too. There's a lot of multitasking <laughs> going on with Twitch. By the way, I appreciate all the all the viewers. I was just trying to make a, yeah. a auto comparison for like Twitch. By the way, I watch <laughs> I watch some Twitch streams myself, and I but I get then again, I'm not a I'm not as opposed to auto play as some of you guys seem to be. Yeah, oh, per, I can't get into autoplay games just yet, and I, obviously many people in our chat. I think most of us kind of you know look at Lineage Two Revolution like what the what the hell is this? Why is autoplaying? You know, most people on YouTube will see that video and be like, "This is crap," right? We do have to kind of get some inner reflection. Maybe, maybe we're not seeing something. Maybe we gotta try again. Okay, maybe like after I I got I gotta do I gotta clear my mind. I gotta meditate and then play the game again. Play the game again. You know, <laughs> maybe I'm missing something. Well, well, maybe actually- uh, it gets better. 
actually just just asking that making that statement and reading the comments actually made me realize something what i'm seeing a lot of in in chat is um people saying well i'm playing eve while watching you guys one guy says i i eat while i watch twitch one guy you know mm -hmm. says um he's on twitter while he's watching us and maybe that's the thing imagine you're playing lineage 2 revolution on your phone if you're playing on your phone by the way it probably means you're out of the house right or on the move in some way imagine you're yeah. eating with friends and you have lineage 2 revolution grinding for you well you can't sit there playing actively but you can kind of leave it on you talk to your friends about you know work and then you look down and then you you know yeah so so that's what it's for it's for people who are you know come out. on the game gamers aren't going out and they're so 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 social anyway they're playing in their homes they're they're on their couch on their beds they're playing there they're not like going to work they're not like on a date come on let's be real i i don't know i don't know well i guess we'll have to see what how in South Korea, people who play this game, are they playing from their house or are they playing while they're at school, you know, college, um, at a restaurant? And uh, Canary says, the problem is we're not a part of the audience for these autoplay games. But th these autoplay games and the mobile gaming revolution is new, right? I don't think the Chinese gamers, the Japanese gamers, the Korean gamers were also part of that audience. They embraced it. And I'm sure there was some resistance, right, for a while, but they embraced it. And I'm really curious if we here in the West Will ever embrace this yeah i think it's too so, easy to write it off as as look, obviously there's some unoverlap but there's also some overlap where i do think a lot of like you already said like a lot of koreans who grew up playing lineage as they're older now as they you know go to work raise the kids go out to eat i do think there's some overlap between those people launching lineage revolution on their phone and playing mm -hmm. playing Play, it's again it's hard to call it playing though look in defense of lineage to revolution uh, again, the dungeons and PvP, you do have to manually move, right? And there are there are they're like you know markers you gotta dodge out of. There's there's some you know there's some there's customization for your skills. There's, you know there's stuff to do minus the auto playing. All right, it's not an entirely clicker clicker like experience. Well, that was fun, guys. We talked about mobile gaming for like the last twenty minutes of this podcast. We have mobile gaming is so big, it, it blows my mind. One month. Of lineage revolution is all of Final Fantasy fourteen the entire year, and this isn't like even con controversial. You can look these numbers up. You know, Square Enix publishes their MO revenue they make. Actually, I, I think if you look at Square Enix's MO revenue for all of la in the last year, and this counts uh, uh, Final Fantasy eleven, it counts Dragon Quest ten and Final Fantasy fourteen. You add up all three of those games, right? It equals like two hundred million dollars. All three is two hundred million dollars. Lineage revolution in one month made like one hundred eighty million. So it, it out-earns any of those one games, obviously, and it almost out-earns all three combined. It's mind-blowing. Um, it is, it is indeed. So here's a question mm -hmm. then. Uh, I guess, the, will will our gameplay style look more like theirs in the future? Remember, guys, Japanese uh, gaming is kind of like, it's a little bit on the descent, right, in terms of the global market. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the Japanese led the way with console gaming after the crash with NES, SNES, you know, PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And it was, remember, it was it was Japan way before Korea or China that took off with mobile gaming. Okay, Japan was way ahead of that with, you know, with Monster, what's it called? Puzzle and Dragon and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. Japan was way ahead with mobile gaming. Now Korea and China are catching up. Are we next? And um, I think time will tell, but I think it's too soon to, to call it either way. Yeah. Mobile gaming, guys. Mobile gaming. Yeah, I'm done. That's it. Mic drop.
mobile gaming taking over the world guys yeah that i mean uh i think i think that's it it hurts me a little to think about that well we, fancy number we, we can Maybe, hurt again we can hurt you right, some we'll more hurt after show we'll hurt yeah, exactly we're hurting after show boys all right thanks for watching Check thanks us out live. Everyone. Later for YouTube. If you had, if you don't have enough mobile gaming talk, uh, you know, next time watch us on the on uh, live so you can catch the whole mobile talk hour. <laughs> Take it easy.